Amen, amen. Let us pray. Father, we come saying thank you this morning. We give your name all the glory for all that you have done for us. We praise your name, Father. Now as we come to deliver this word and to go into our ordination service, Lord, we ask that you will bless us in the mighty name of Jesus. Give us all that we need in this time and in this season. God bless the ordinary and bless all of us so that we can do nothing but praise your name. Let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O oh Lord. You are our strength and our redeemer. You've heard the scripture lesson, so we want to talk to you this morning from the subject, A Call for the Wild. A Call for the Wild, W-I-L-D. And yes, it is pertaining to the occasion at the moment. I just want you all to know that. You see, we have heard of things being called wild. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh, in professional football, uh, it leads there are two teams who get to play the wild card game. Am I right about it? There are some of us who will, and from time to time, find ourselves in a wild goose chase. I know some of y'all have had those wild goose chases. And some of us will find ourselves all around the wildlife. Not the four-legged kind. I'm talking about the two-legged kind. Uh, can I get a witness out there? You see, the two-legged kind can be either wild and woolly or wild and free or even wild and wonderful. Oh, yeah. But nonetheless, they have one thing in common, Minister Swan, soon to be Reverend Swan. They are all W-I-L-D in some way, some shape, or some form. Am I right about it today? I just want to make sure I'm in the right house so that, that uh, y'all won't be saying, oh, I didn't go to the right place this month. But believe it or not, believe it or not, saints, that it is... Uh, 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 where our God is continuously sending a call out to chosen vessels to help the wild, two-legged kind get in a better relationship with him. That's why we are calling this sermon the call for the wild because in these days, last and evil days, if we never needed the Lord before, Amen. we sure do need it now. I know that will preach all by itself. And we are glad that God is still sending servants to help the people in the wild get closer to him. Let us consider our text. Here comes a young Jeremiah from whom God calls to the prophetic ministry. By the time we get to the scripture text in chapter 20, Jeremiah has wanted to give up on ministry many times over. Oh, yeah, any preachers in the house who may have wanted to give up on ministry, I'll raise my hand for y'all. If you don't raise your hand, I'll let you know. There are times that we just want to give up. And Jeremiah had been subjected to a lonely life. He was often in despair. He was often dejected. He was had objected and he was rejected. Overall, he had little hope for the success of his ministry he was called to. 
You see, the wild two-legged folk that he was called to serve were already getting on his last nerves. Uh, here he was near the point of blaming God for all of his problems. Oh, uh, yes, yes, yes. We try to blame God. Yes, sometimes. Yes, God had given him a harsh message of judgment and, uh, for his people. But I'm sure he thought initially that since the message came from God, the one who brought them through the Red Sea and through the wilderness supplying them food and water would certainly just smooth out any disagreements with his message. That probably was just a wild thought on his behalf. God had previously told him to stand firm and that he would put the correct words in his mouth. So he just knew everything was cool. Have you ever thought everything was cool? People, let me tell you something. Even if you're not a preacher, if God told you to give someone a negative message because God said it, wouldn't you believe it? And wouldn't you just think it could be received for that reason alone? Because we love to sing that stuff if God said it. I, I, that sounds, y'all know how we talk that Christian stuff. But wouldn't you be upset with God if it's a message through you talking about a message of destruction and violence when the wild ones you live with and, and the wild ones you work with and the wild ones you walk with and, and the wild ones you talk with have turned your words into a source of public ridicule. Well, that's what happened to Jeremiah, Pastor Snows. Uh, and, and after Pashur, the priest in charge of the temple, heard his message, he rejected him. He beat him, and he placed him in prison. Preacher did that. And after that, he, his wild kindred folk laughed and ridiculed him. They scorned him, and they mocked him, and, and he was even humiliated by the other preachers and religious leaders around him. Oh, it's getting rough now. You see, those two-legged folk can be quite wild. But God, God has a call for the wild. Let me tell you a quick story and I'll get out of the way so that my, my preacher can't come. My mother, my mother, and Pastor Smothers' mother, God rest her soul, used to remind us of a story, of uh, a family history story. My father was man of the cloth, but he was called to preach at a young age. He was a good man. God rest his soul now as well, but he, he, he had a smoking problem. And if I'm telling this right, one night, he went to a prayer meeting to pray over his smoking and to ask God for deliverance from smoking because he was feeling his call to the ministry. And like his two children and his daughter-in-law preachers here today, he wanted to get away from the call for or to the why. You can pick your own word in there. 
And he had a dream one night, uh, and he dreamed that as he was going along, that there was a woman that fell out at his feet while she was in the spirit. And he, he just was so torn up from that. And it so just happened that at the prayer meeting, the woman, uh, when he got to the prayer meeting about his smoking and all that, the woman, there was a woman there who fell at his feet under the spirit. And not only did she fall out under the spirit, but she was right there in front of him. And so, needless to say, he was sure that he had a sign from God that he was to preach. So he answered his call and listened to things uh, of how they might get better, thinking of them that way, and they actually got worse. His leader that he had at his home church became unbearable. He, he made his Christian life untenable. And my father became unenthusiastic about ministry. Examples were he was consistently jerked around from position to position to position of service. To, to the wild of the things going on in his home church. And just as he was serving well, his leader would yank him out of the mainstream position he was in and find something else for him to do. He'd go from superintendent of the Sunday school to serve as a trustee. If not do that, he had to read the scripture, he had to pray, he had to visit the sick, he even had to be the janitor. And to make matters even more worse, that the, my father's leader would have an attitude. So daddy could get a break. And he was always at Struggles Gate. He was wanting to get back to being a preacher, a person in the wild with a cigarette in his mouth. <laughs> Have you ever been subjected to the wild? Have you ever been ridiculed? Have you ever been jerked around? Have you ever been humiliated? I raised my hand because I know how that feels. Well, all of us was at our home church once before, and because of all of the things that he went through, he was ordained. He went through it. He served on the circuit. And then once he got on the circuit, y'all know what the circuit is? The circuit is more than one church at a time. And so he was on the circuit, and he had to preach to two churches uh, on alternate Sundays. He goes and he preaches to these two-legged folk. My mom, being the beautiful first lady, was always emphasizing how they would have to drive 30 miles in bad weather sometimes and go from their house to one of the circuit churches there could be snow on the road, ice on the road, whatever it took, and they had to go through it. 
And there were people who lived right next door to the church with the snow piling up at the front door. They would move the snow. They would not go inside the church and light the old wooden stove so that there would be heat in it. Everything would be ice cold and they'd wait till my father got to that church and actually put the fire on in the church and warm things up and that's when they would come to the church. The two-legged wild boy. So Jeremiah was a servant who had to serve wild thing. And he almost wanted to call God a wild God. But instead, he found out that even though he was humiliated, he was helped in the process. He found out that the things that they tried to hang him with have now handed him some confidence in the promises of God. And he found out that what he thought was going to hurt him didn't actually have a way to harm him. Because he had purpose that God on own had given him. God had given him the victory over the enemy. God had given him the victory over failure. God had given him victory over doubt. And he always gives victory over despair. Amen. Amen. Yeah, for Reverend Brown, good man. Amen. Through some tough times. Let me start by sharing with you that there is a man by the name of Dr. Claude Maritaniti. He's a professor of the Old Testament, and he talks about Jeremiah and his experience with God. He said that although there may be rejection and wildness, the call must create, hear me now, a stubborn refusal to abandon God. Even when this refusal to give up on God may be the source of our complaint. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So see, therefore, let me tell you today, to refuse to let the two-legged wild folk around you, uh, uh, refuse to uh, uh, let them push you to a place where you want to let go, uh, refuse to allow the vicissitudes of life to turn you back, uh, uh, indefinitely, come on somebody, somebody, don't let the wiles of that man we call Satan, don't let him and his tactics and his tricks and his twists and his turns, hallelujah, don't let him make you want to throw in the towel because we know him and we know that he is just like him to try it. Amen, somebody. I came to tell somebody that you've got to be stubbornly stuck to God. Amen, amen. You see, this is a message especially for you, Minister Swan, and the rest of you all who are under the sound of our voices that proclaim the gospel message. You must continue to do what God has called you to do. And let me add that this message is not just for the ministers. 
stuff that will come upon you. But I stopped by the house this morning. I stopped by to tell somebody to be encouraged. Hallelujah. Because we, you are getting ready, Minister Swan, to go on this journey as a fully ordained servant of God's people. The main thing that we have to understand, and I want you to hear us clearly, is that it's not about you, but it's all about him. Good God from Zion. I know sometimes we want to make it about ourselves. I understand sometimes that we may even plan our own pity parties, but it's not about us. Many times you will find yourself in the predicament that Jeremiah found himself in. Because we live in a time, we live in a time where people don't want to hear about what thus saith the Lord. Is there a witness in the house? There are times when the people that we live with will help to increase our prayer life. Come on, somebody. Yes, it will. Because you will need to pray and to pray and to pray some more over the people with them and for them. Our author says, he says, he says that the prayers of Jeremiah were at times, listen to this, intrinsic components of the prophetic office. That means, that means, in case somebody missed it, that means, that means that Jeremiah realized that prayer is an essential component for your call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he says that what Jeremiah come to realize, Brother Rico, is that he couldn't carry that ministry unless God was with him. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. He, he, he said that I, I can't carry it by himself. He needed the advantages of a previously revealed promise that God had already done. Ah, like us, like all of us humans, Jeremiah, Jeremiah. His ministry, it started, it started uh, back in 627 B.C. I, I know you can't even get your head uh, around that time. When, when, when was that? Uh, what song was out then? Oh, God. Uh, what, what, yeah, was I in school? <laughs> Hallelujah. So it was so long ago, but, but it be, he began with those complaints about the people, and he let it get the best of him. And it was so much that we read it in the text and, and, and Jeremiah 20 and 7 when he says, oh Lord, you have deceived me. And I was deceived. You are stronger than I and you have overpowered me. They are laughing at me all day long. Everywhere I go, go to the Walmart and somebody laughing at me. Uh, but listen, listen, men and women of God, we can blame God and we can complain to God. Ah, uh, but guess what? I came to tell somebody we best just get over it. Amen. 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 Because my Bible says that God really knows our end from the beginning. And that's what he said in Isaiah 46 and 10. He already knew that our road would be rough and every now and then the going would get tough. Oh, somebody hears me this morning. And can I tell you, that's why, that's why the 
those word, words were written and penned in 2 Timothy that were recorded by that authoritative messenger we call Paul. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Paul wrote and espouses a message to Brother Timothy as a young preacher, a young pastor. He says that, 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 that this was not a private message. In other words, it wasn't just the two of them sitting across each other at the table, eating a meal, sharing some french fries. This was a private, this was a public message before God and his witnesses. He says, I need you to do a couple of things, and I need you to let know what one of the first things you're going to have to do, and that is learn to ignore the season. What you talking about, Pastor? What are you talking about? You see, but before, before I tell you about the season, I want you to begin in verse number two in the text. Paul says to Timothy, preach the word. That's what he does. And I need to let you know that that is important today because we know some people that will preach their own word. They will preach their denomination word. Learn, 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 learn. 
ministers want to ignore the seasons. Just keep preaching God's word. I'll give you another point and I'm out your way. How about this? Point number two, finish what you start. Yeah, in verse number five in our text, and Paul turns to Timothy, and essentially he says this. I know I, I know I told you to preach the word, but I want you to get this. It's going to set you free. You're not responsible for the people's response. Amen. Amen. That is between them and God. Oh, God. And then third thing that Paul says is do the work. 
Wow. 